Hey there, today's episode is brought to you by Chargebee and Vitaly. Chargebee just launched their 2024 State of the Subscriptions and Revenue Growth Report, packed with retention insights and strategies from over 300 of the fastest growing subscription businesses. You can grab a copy of the report today by visiting chargebee.com forward slash churnfm. That's C-H-A-R-G-E-B-E-E dot C-O-M forward slash C-H-U-R-N-F-M. And Vitaly is bringing in a new era for customer success productivity with their all-in-one customer success platform. Vitaly gives you unmatched visibility into your company's health and success. And now you can measure operational strategies on customer outcomes at scale with goals directly in Vitaly. They're also currently giving away a free pair of AirPods to all ChurnFM listeners when you take a qualified demo with them. So if you're in the market for a CS platform, visit vitaly.io forward slash churnfm today to schedule your demo and get your airpods that's v-i-t-a-l-l-y dot i-o forward slash c-h-u-r-n-f-m if you decide to check either of them out please make sure to use the links quoted as it allows them to measure the roi of this campaign and helps me retain them as our sponsors to continue producing churnfm as an independent creator with that being said let's jump to today's episode Hey, it's Andrew, and today on the show, we have Rupesh Rao, founder and CEO of Cognisos. In this episode, Rupesh shares how he managed his career to optimize learnings before taking the leap over to entrepreneurship. We then discussed how you can switch your customer onboarding focus from a task-based to an outcomes-based approach and the impact it has on retention. We then wrapped up by discussing how to manage priorities between departments and remove communication silos while onboarding new customers. As usual, I'm excited to hear what you think of this episode. And if you have any feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly on andrew at churn.fm. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and enjoy the episode. This is churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael. And here's today's episode. Hey, Rupesh, welcome to the show. Yeah, Andrew. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. For the listeners, Rupesh is the founder and CEO of Cognisos, a customer-centric onboarding and prioritization platform. Rupesh started his career as a software engineer before making a shift to sales, followed by customer success. Prior to Cognisos, Rupesh was the chief customer officer at Cropin Technology, where he led a customer success team of 30, serving over 200 enterprise customers. So my first question for you, Rupesh, is what made you make the switch from software engineer to sales and then to customer success? Right. So interestingly, um, I think initial part of my career, I was a hardcore techie doing a bunch of coding for only seven, eight years. And uh, really somehow had this thing in my mind to be an entrepreneur one day and wanted to go learn other aspects of the business, sales, marketing, and so on. So that made me to switch gears and wanted to learn the bigger end-to-end business aspect of managing customer lifecycle. 
That's a very interesting uh, approach and, and like a nice way to move around within the organization. Uh, I actually was lucky to do something similar as well previously at Hotjar, uh, starting out in, in marketing, moving to product, moving to data, uh, just really getting to explore and understand the different aspects of the business. Um, very cool. And um, your prior experience then at uh, Crop and Technology, maybe you want to just give us a little bit of an overview of what you were doing at the company. What did, was your role as a chief customer officer there? Sure. So at Kropin, uh, when I joined them, this was uh, 2018. Uh, we were at the very early stage of building a customer success function and the team and scaling it up. So when I joined them, um, I was scaling the team, putting in the processes and tools and all those good things. And uh, that's when really the problem statement that we are solving at Cognizas was something we were facing as a team. Um, we had uh, hundreds of enterprise customers globally. And at any point of time, we had so many pilots and POCs running. And there was no single source of truth on tracking the current status of all these projects and uh, usual challenges that we hear in many B2B SaaS companies. And uh, so, yeah, that's what led me to start thinking there's got to be a better way of solving this using technology, the internal cross-function collaboration among teams, which I had seen in my earlier uh, organizations and also other companies who I spoke to. They all kind of, you know, shared the struggle that we commonly hear between sales, promising something to the customer, then handing it over to the implementation team. Then implementation team has to collaborate with your product management team, then engineering team and other cross-functional teams. And then obviously customer is also there. So all of these collaborations, internal and external, were happening in all kinds of silos, right? And um, so that's what we wanted to solve, that can we have technology help us have a platform where all these internal cross-functional teams and Customers can collaborate for a customer-centric outcome. That's what uh, ultimately what the customers care about. Um, so yeah, I couldn't find a tool in the market. Um, and that's what led me to quit and start building Cognizant. Very interesting. I think I can see as well, like for myself, from the buyer's side, it, it does get very frustrating when uh, you're not sure who you're dealing with. Uh, you have to repeat several conversations with uh, with others. And then when it comes to actual implementation time, it's very difficult to understand like what are the next steps, who you should be working with and how to get things done. Um, Absolutely. Because I haven't looked into too much into Cognizance and what you do exactly. Maybe you can give us a little bit of an overview of how you solve these uh, these challenges for companies and for individuals. Sure. Um, so the approach we have taken, Andrew, is um, when it comes to customer onboarding, the ultimately what matters to the customer is what we should focus on. And for the customers, they are signing up with the tool or the product for certain business outcomes or use cases that they have been promised in the sales cycle. And typically those outcomes and use cases get mapped out into, you know, your product dependencies with your product team. And you have a bunch of implementation project management tasks that you are doing. So all these get, you know, hashed out into different silos. And somewhere in this process, the outcomes and the use cases get lost. And um, so this whole product-centric thought process and task tracking thought process that we had in the legacy tools are not really doing justice. So because of the customer success background I come from, so I wanted to build a tool where we can keep the focus on the customer business outcomes and track throughout the process what is it that we have committed where are we on those commitments during onboarding cycle? And then make sure we're delivering those outcomes and not just a bunch of tasks, tick in the box and a bunch of products. Because it's not about product and task. It's about the outcomes of the customer 
know, wants to achieve. So that's the focus. That's what I think we have taken a different approach compared to other tools in the market. And how would something like this differ to a more traditional customer success platform for managing relationships? And what would be the key difference? I think obviously focusing on onboarding itself, but how do yeah. you differentiate yourself from like the Customize or uh, others in the space? So typically, customer success tools come into the picture after the customer has gone live, right? Uh, because their focus is more around tracking the engagement, the renewal, the adoption, and health score after the go live and so on. We are obviously focusing more before the go live, where it's about taking the customer from contract sign to the go live, uh, delivering all those things we promised to them from a modules or use cases or API integrations and customization, configuration, all those things. And going in deep uh, is what we, you know, help enable for our customers, which I don't think is the focus for customer success tool. So we are not a customer success tool. We don't compete with them. In fact, we integrate with customer success tool um, as partners to give our customers the end-to-end holistic view of the customer journey and the health code. That's very cool. And then uh, the service itself, um, how do customers and uh, your customers interact with the product then as well? So what is that experience like for the end user? Like you say, you're trying to pull out and it gets very confusing for the end user. Like how do you help simplify that process for end users? Right. So our end users obviously interact with us on our um, web-based app and uh, their customers also can collaborate with our our customer users on the application as well. Um, so yeah, it's like any other enterprise uh, web app. All right. So they would get an invite to Cognisos as a customer and saying this is our uh, management platform. Cool. Um, what are some of the things? So then like, let's focus a little bit on this in terms of like the onboarding experience for new customers. Today, we'll chat a little bit about uh, how to onboard enterprise uh, customers effectively. You've done this a lot uh, in your career now as well, and obviously building a, a company around this. Um, what are some of the the things that you see companies doing really well when it comes to onboarding their customers? So, Andrew, I think the key thing uh, that really helps companies who are doing this well is if they are able to focus on the customer outcomes or the use cases that were promised to them during the sales cycle. And it's all about keeping track of how those outcomes will be delivered using our product roadmap dependencies or implementation task dependencies internally and externally with the customer. And typically the challenge a lot of companies face is the priorities are different. So sales team priorities are different. Customer success implementation team priorities again, different. And product team, they have got their own roadmap, print, bugs and features priorities and TS team is struggling with some retention and revenue impact. So how do you, but at the same time, at the company level, you want to make sure we are aligned, right? So this alignment is the sort of the legacy problem, which is not really handled very well by the legacy project management tools and onboarding tools. So in our tool, the thought we have had from the beginning is how do we ensure these cross-functional teams can align that, okay, this is what we need to do for this week and this month and this quarter. And this is what will really move the needle. And that is our company metric, right? Because uh, ultimately, that's what we are here for. So that helps the product team to align, sort of the drive what we call the customer-centric prioritization, right? Uh, what really matters to the customer, customer-centric execution, 
and customer-centric focus on their outcomes. So bringing it all together in one common platform is, I think, what has worked well for the companies who are, you know, taking this approach. Yeah. And then I think like a follow-up to that would be, what are some of the things that you see companies do really badly? And obviously the obvious answer there being that not being aligned in terms of the priorities being one of those. Are there any other things, mistakes that you see companies commonly make when onboarding uh, clients? Um, I would say typically it's the sort of information gap really, right? Uh, What the customer was told that this is what we will deliver uh, during the sales cycle. And then by the time it gets to the sales to implementation to product team and engineering team, half of the information is kind of lost or misunderstood, right? And uh, and that again happens because of the information traveling through different silos, right? And second thing is, again, touching upon my previous point, the alignment, what is our sort of prioritization, right? Are we aligning with our customer centric outcomes, their priorities and delivering that or so this whole sort of three pieces to it, right? One is visibility, um, second is accountability and third is what we call prioritization. So if you have these three things done right, having the visibility on the right metric, right? So having visibility on the customer outcomes, not a bunch of tasks, not a bunch of product features. Uh, second thing is ensuring there is a light level of accountability, is it sales team? Is it product team? Is it implementation? Who is accountable for where we are currently to move the ball forward? Or is it the customer team? They are delaying something, right? Third thing is, how do we prioritize, whether it is our execution plan, whether it is our roadmap, to ensure we achieve what we want to achieve together with us and the customer? So those three things, and again, matter um, both good and bad aspects of the you know, customer onboarding. Yeah. Um so to play that back a little bit as well, let's imagine now there was no Cognizance and uh, you're at a business, you want to get set up like a good onboarding program, um, software aside. What would be the steps that you would want to come into a company to help them uh, shape things up and get it into good shape? So let's imagine there's no software now and uh, you want to get a good program up and running for onboarding to make sure that you have the alignment, that you have the accountability, that you have the metrics, uh, visibility. What would be the steps that you would take? I just want to give a quick reminder that our sponsors of this episode today are Vitaly and Chargebee. Vitaly are giving away a free pair of AirPods to all qualified demos. So if you're in the market for a new CS platform, make sure to visit vitaly.io forward slash churnfm today. You can also grab a copy of the latest state of the subscription and revenue growth report by visiting chargebee.com forward slash churnfm and let them both know that I sent you. Now back to today's episode. Yeah, so I think it will be, first of all, um, from a uh, focus and process point of view, you will need to bring alignment internally, right, uh, between different cross-functional teams, that this is what is our priority. Uh, We want to deliver projects on time, we want to prevent any go-life delays. We want to minimize our revenue risk. So tracking all of that, we'll have to figure out a way. Uh, as you mentioned, no tool. So we'll have to figure out some way, whether it's on Excel sheet or some document, to track that. Uh, and then tracking that for each and every customer, right? Uh, and then mapping that out to what we are doing on a day-to-day basis. And then tracking that on a weekly, daily, monthly basis to ensure we are not losing the track of the North 
the North Star metric. So that's how I would do it. But I think it's all about alignment, really. So internal alignment is the most important thing between different mm-hmm. cross-functional teams. Yeah. I like what you said as well, like moving the focus away previously from um, tasks to be done to the, the outcomes. So uh, in my head as well, like when hearing you say that would be that first step would be just to really understand what are the main outcomes we want our customers to achieve? What are they coming to get us? And then from there, like saying, okay, like as a measure, who, and then I, also what you mentioned as well, like having the priority and accountability side of things and saying, okay, if the uh, outcome that the customer is trying to achieve is to, let's say, like uh, have a contact inside a CRM platform. Like that's what the outcome we want right. to achieve for this customer. We know that there's like some sort of level of accountability and trying to understand whose job that is. So maybe the first step is integration uh, to get to that right. point. And that might be solutions engineer who's accountable for that to work with the client. Exactly. And the final step then might be actually adding that uh, contact, which might that ends up on the client side. So having like a, a clear visibility of the steps that need to be taken, but then not treating yeah. the steps as the focus, really focusing the goal on getting that final exactly. result. Uh, final result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then taking over from there. So you mentioned as well the idea of like the information gap. And I think this definitely happens quite a lot uh, in companies where you talk to sales and uh, you get sold on a, a nice and beautiful vision. And then mm-hmm. you end up getting into the product and it's not what uh, you'd hope to see or uh, it's not the, the exact solution that was initially pitched. And I think this is also like commonly like a big reason for churn is that when we there's this the, um, the gap between what the promise that is made and the yeah. the value that's delivered and obviously that one aspect of it is solved through sales making sure like your sales team are selling what you can actually selling to the right people but how can some of these issues be resolved with a good onboarding program yeah great question andrew so see the fundamental problem that happens is when the information travels from the customer to the sales team, then they will do a handover to the onboarding team. Onboarding team will go talk to the product team, right? With each of these hops, there is an information loss and some of the context gets lost. So in a very simplistic term, right? When a product team gets a ticket assigned to them in Jira, right? Let's say for a new feature request or announcement or what have you, it's just a feature request. They don't have any clarity on the context Right? Why does the customer even want this feature? What is it that they're trying to achieve? What is their business outcome? What is their timeline? What is their revenue impact? All of these things you cannot see in Jira ticket. Now, the product team will then have to chase back to the sales team. Then they'll do this, all of this in emails and Excels and meetings. And somehow information will be half communicated and half lost. So this context is very, very important. And that's something we have try to address in our tool from the beginning that how can we make it seamless uh, information flow between the sales, CS, and product without losing the context. So for example, in our tool, um, uh, we have a Jira integration, right? Now, when product team receives a new feature request, they can see the entire context. If I have a feature request asked by 10 customers, obviously, we don't build feature for one customer. So obviously, more customers, the better. So typically, product will, team will ask two things, right? Okay, how many customers want this feature? What is the business scale, revenue impact? Show me all this, then we will prioritize. Now, this piece of information is typically done manually, right? I have done this in Excel sheet in my previous role. So in our tool, what we have done from the beginning is now the seamless collaboration product team can see with one click 
okay, this is the product dependency. These are the, all the 10 customers. These are their use cases or reason why they want this feature, the timeline, the revenue impact, everything in one place. Um, so that is how I think we are trying to solve this problem. Yeah, it definitely is an interesting challenge. And I see that aspect as well, the side of things where you get a support request coming in and having that additional context of un an understanding of what was the initial goal of the customer can really help you accelerate the value that you provide from a support perspective on the other end. And that I think that applies in as well to all throughout the final and lifetime of the customer's interactions with your team members. Absolutely. Um, cool. Um, I want to ask you a question that I ask every guest. Um, let's imagine a hypothetical scenario that you join a new company, churner retention is not doing great at this company. And the CEO comes to you and says, hey, Rupesh, like, we need to turn things around. We have 90 days to do it. You're in charge. What do you do? The catch, you're not going to tell me I'm going to go and speak to customers or look at data and figure out where the bigger pain points lie and then work on that. You're just going to take a tactic that you've seen work previously in one of your previous roles and run with that blindly, hoping that it reduces churn at this company as well. What would you do? Mm -hmm. Got it. So I think the, what has worked for me in the past uh, is to look at really, obviously two things, right? What is causing the churn, what we have on the face of it, uh, lagging indicators, so to speak, and then there are some leading indicators. Uh, on the face of it, obviously you will look at Adoption, NPS, all those good things, but those might be actually lag lagging indicators because something else has gone wrong way earlier in the customer journey. Hence, we are in this situation. So it's important to go backwards in the customer journey. Okay, in our sales and free sales stage, what did we do? What was committed? What went wrong during onboarding implementation? So those actually become your leading indicators of your destiny on what happens on your NPS and what happens on your adoption. So I would go back and look at really both leading and lagging indicators and more importantly, leading indicators and try to address them from a process and, you know, program point of view so that we avoid this last minute surprises and firefighting. So that is what really worked for me in, in the past. So you'd focus on onboarding. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And onboarding is, I think we all know this, right? Uh, kind of determines your destiny of what all you do after the customer has gone live. So very, very important. Absolutely. It's definitely, like I'd say, has the biggest impact uh, on overall uh, churn and retention is making sure you have a really good and uh, effective onboarding experience because ultimately, again, like it compounds over time. I think a lot of times this answer, we get things like Dunning, uh, which is like the end result and trying to win back or reduce like involuntary churn, which is effective. Uh, but if you really want to have a compounding impact, like it's, it always comes back to really an onboarding experience that gets your customers to value and helps keep them there is going to be the most effective over time. Um, yep. What's one thing that you noted about trainer retention that you wish you knew when you got started with your career? So interestingly, yeah, I think um, um, product is something I would say Although important, but product is not the only thing which will help you win customers and retain them and, you know, drive their metrics. So I think uh, it's very important to really think from their perspective. So I think this whole, it's, it's a mental model shift to shift from product-centric thought process to more customer-centric and really, you know, 
traveling back from their outcomes to how your product will enable them achieve that uh, rather than other way around. So I think that's the biggest learning for me. Yeah. Interesting you said that. So like, I think a lot of times like people come back to say like product is the only way. Uh, it's like it all comes back to product. But uh, I don't necessarily agree with that either as well. I think there's a lot of different inputs that go into improving channel retention. And uh, a lot of the times those things can be done uh, without changes to product, uh, more just like onboarding or educational material or uh, the way you're marketing and pitching in your audience. Like There's just so many different other inputs that uh, can influence the final metric. Uh, Rupesh, uh, is there any sort of uh, final thoughts that you want to leave the listeners with or anything you think would be interesting to share before we wrap up today? Oh, it's been great. Um, I would just say that I think now that we have entered into this um, customer success, becoming a first-class citizen, uh, a top priority for a lot of B2B SaaS companies, uh, it's time to really change the mindset from more legacy product-centric and task-centric uh, way of looking at onboarding to really more looking at customer-centric outcomes and goals and really not writing it on a piece of paper, but making it actionable where you can execute based on the you know, success outcomes that you agree with customers. So that's the future and way forward. And uh, we are very excited to be part of this journey for uh, our customers and uh, our partners in the industry. Nice. Yeah, you mentioned sort of, I like the, the customer success first class it is. And uh, it definitely, it feels like now is an inflection point over the last like two to three years since i started the podcast actually i've noticed a shift uh, and change in the way customer success has been discussed and talked about within organizations and it definitely feels like it's climbing up on the priority ladder slowly even though it started quite a while back with salesforce it's taken uh, it's time to catch up and uh, for more more companies to adopt like what do you think has been driving this shift um, so it's very simple, right? If you are a SaaS company and uh, 80-20 principle, right? So if today 80% of your revenue comes from new business sales and new bookings, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time when the client will flip and 80% of your revenue will come from existing customers and new bookings will be a tiny, tiny fraction of your overall revenue. Yeah. And now the focus will obviously shift to 80% from the CEO point of view. And that's where lot of attention you know uh, and nurturing will go into so i think we are coming out of that model of on-prem which was 20 years back where the sales mattered and but now this whole coin is flipping so i think that's what is driving so i mean so more and more people hitting that infliction point where more significant revenue is coming from existing customers than from new customers and managing yeah. those relationships and uh, nurturing those accounts uh, becomes super, super important. I see that. And it definitely, it follows like the natural flows. Or if you think about like most startups, don't think about channel retention to begin with. Everything is like top line growth. Uh, how can we just like feed the funnel? How can we acquire customers? And to to some part, it makes sense. But I think some companies make that switch a little too late. And then uh, when they don't make that switch in the right time, that's when you end up hearing these like tragic stories of companies with explosive growth, but ultimately won't be able to sort of retain the customers and uh, maintain a business over time. Um, which maybe if the focus was switched a little bit earlier to retention, like there could be some really good businesses still out there that uh, showed very good promise in the beginning. Um, I think for me, one of the interesting aspects we did at Hotjar, I don't know if you've mm -hmm. uh, done something similar before, was the idea of like a 
uh, churn ceiling, uh, growth ceiling, sorry, uh, where you're able to model out at what point that growth will stall based on your current growth rate and your churn rate. Um, Mm -hmm. You can actually calculate like the number of months you have until growth stalls. I think for us, that was sort of like a moment where we did that calculation. We're like, okay, like it's sooner than maybe we think. So let's start uh, shifting focus a bit to see how we can uh, reduce churn and stuff because it's only a matter of time before companies hit this point where then they need to start working on either new product range or a step change when it comes right. to general attention. So, yeah. Very cool. Very nice. But yeah, it's been a pleasure chatting to you today, Rupesh. Um, thanks so much for joining and uh, I wish you best of luck now going forward and then your journey. Thank you so much, Andrew. It was fun. Look forward to speaking soon again. Cheers. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with Churn.fm and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you. And you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week. And with that, I just want to say a big thanks again to Vitaly and Chargebee for sponsoring this episode. If you do decide to check them out at vitally.io forward slash churnfm and chargebee.com forward slash churnfm, please make sure to let them know I sent you because tracking podcast advertising is traditionally very difficult and I want to make sure we deliver value to them both so that we can retain them as our sponsors. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week.